Welcome to Classical Education, a podcast for those who believe in rediscovering the art of asking questions, engaging in conversation, and attending to the ideas at the heart of well-ordered teaching and learning. I invite you to join me on a journey in pursuit of the true, the good, and the beautiful as a participant in the great conversation and listen to the many voices coming from the world of classical education. Welcome to season four of the Classical Education Podcast. I am so excited about how much we have to offer this year with incredible guests on our lineup for this season. One of my main goals is to immerse you into the beauty of good teaching. I do this through the podcast, but also through affordable online courses, webinars, and book studies with master teachers in classical education. We have just launched a list of new courses and book seminars, which start this month. Some of our courses include a book study on Leisure, the Basis of Culture, led by Dr. Reno Loro. He is our expert in a mythopoeic education. Karen Glass, our our expert in Charlotte Mason, and Lindsay Benda, a homeschool graduate with years of classroom experience, and she holds her master's in classical education from the University of Dallas. Lindsay is launching our new Snapshots of Great Conversation series, covering significant voices in the great conversation from ancient times to the present. For the most up-to-date course list, you can visit us at beautifulteaching.coursestorm.com. That's beautifulteaching.coursestorm.com. You can also meet all of our consultants and link to all of our resources at beautifulteaching.com. That's beautifulteaching.com. Thanks for listening. Today, we have a very special guest, a friend of mine, Amy Sloan, who has the Humility and Doxology podcast, was on our um, on our show, probably, I think, season two. And today, I've invited her again and her daughter, um, Grace who is 11 years old and has started her own podcast, special podcast just for kids. And I'm very excited to introduce to you today, Grace Sloan. Welcome to the show, Grace. Hi, thank you for having me on the show. Yes, and Amy. (laughs) Yes, so I'm glad to be back. (laughs) So, okay, Grace, what I want you to do is, I'm very excited about your show. And I have to tell you that every time I listen to it, I cry a little bit because I love the music and it's such a fun little podcast perfect for kids and just excited that you have a vision for it. So what I'd like you to do is tell our listeners about your new podcast. The title is a tongue twister. I don't know how you say it so well, because I can't say it very well, but tell them about your new podcast and what inspired you to start it. Okay. So the Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled poems podcast. I think I got that name like a year ago. Um, and then I told mom, like, mom, I have this name for a podcast. And she was like, wow, that's great. You should do the podcast. And so that's how we, it's, it started. Um, and then my vision for it is I just want to give other kids a love of poetry, like the one I have. So yeah. 
I love that. And that really comes out on your show that you love poetry and that you're having fun with poetry, which is exactly what poetry is supposed to do for us. It's supposed to enlighten and liven our life. Let's share with our listeners the intro to your podcast. Grace, and this is the Peter Piper Picked, a peck of pickled poems podcast. It's a poetry podcast by a kid for kids. Are you ready for today's pickled poem? So tell us a little bit about how you became a lover of poetry. Um, I don't know when, because I've always, poetry has like always been a part of like my everyday life like we do poetry in morning time I've had poetry read to me like whenever me or one of my siblings turned six dad always reads like now we are six and so yeah I just have always had poetry yeah, Amy, I'm guessing that you've probably read poetry out loud since you were pregnant before she was born. So this is a child who has heard poetry from in the womb, right? Yes, definitely. And it's, I think, also special because of all of my children, Grace, I think, has been reciting poetry the longest because she's the fourth of five children. So not only did she get all of that wonderful poetry that we would read, the nursery rhymes, the child's garden of verses, now we are six, but she also got to hear the poetry that her older siblings were reciting. We have this adorable video of her <laughs> when she's like a year and a half old. And she's lisping her way through the I know a bank where the wild time blows passage from Shakespeare. Um, so literally since she was a toddler, she has loved to listen and to participate in the poetry that the rest of us are enjoying. And it's it's been a real joy to see her wanting to share that in her podcast. Okay, now start. I know a bank where the wild blows. I love that. This is a great uh, segue into asking you, Amy, about how you decided that poetry was going to be a very important part of your homeschooling, because I know that it is. I'm subscribed to your newsletter. You send lots of poetry. And I'd like you to share your story and tell our listeners why poetry matters so much in the home, even if they're not homeschooling. Yes, it is definitely for everyone. I think there are two things I would say. First, I, you know that I am passionate about encouraging people to include beautiful memory work in their daily life. Um, there are many you know, facts and figures that are good to know, but when we have limited time and limited brain space, I like to really focus on those things that are true and good and beautiful. And so that has always been a priority in our family, in our family life. And poetry in particular gives us a way of thinking metaphorically about the world. It teaches us to see past just the surface meaning, which I think is hugely influential and important as we think about scripture, as we think about other literature that we're studying being able to understand uh, the multiple layers of meanings of words, 
those best words put in the best order. I can't remember who, who defined poetry that way, but it was something like the best words in the best order. A poet doesn't have time to write pages and pages and pages. They have to choose the best words to express their meaning. So it teaches us to be good listeners. It also teaches us to be good writers because if we can write our prose half as well as a poet writes their poetry, I think we'll be doing well. So I think both, uh, I mean, also, cause it's fun. Can I, can I throw that, <laughs> throw that reason into, it's yeah, true. it's fun and beautiful, but um, I think it also has great value for teaching us to listen well, to love well, to, to learn well. Yeah, that's great. One of the things I know that with all the teachers I work with teacher training, a lot of teachers are afraid of poetry because they don't understand it. They feel overwhelmed. They think they have to teach the elements of poetry in order to spend any time because they feel like I've got all these things I have to cover. And if I'm going to teach poetry, I have to actually teach poetry. So this whole mindset of not just reading poetry to enjoy poetry is, is lacking in a lot of the minds of teachers because they're stressed and they have a lot of responsibilities. Do you have any encouraging words you would say to teachers? You've had so many people on your podcast. I'm sure this isn't the first time this has come up. What would you say to the, the hurried mom, the busy teacher who just feels like, I don't understand this. I, I don't enjoy it. What would you say to them? Well, I would tell them to listen to Grace's podcast first, but um, yes, I think I think that I would say a couple of things. So first, it can feel like we have to do something super profound. And so sometimes this ideal that we have in our head actually keeps us from doing anything at all. And so I would say start with just something simple, some simple poems, like a child's garden of verses, even if you're talking about older students. You know, I like to say that you're never too old for a picture book. And sometimes with a picture book, you can actually teach even older students to understand the elements of literature, but in an accessible way, a way that's not scary. Um, there's not too many complicated factors going on. And poetry is the same way. Like you don't have to start with Dante, start with Hopkins, you know, start with Dunn. Although we're a big fan of um, Death Be Not Proud in our family, but um, you can start with something simpler. And use that as a way to teach children to listen poetically. I think the ability to listen to a poem well is just a different genre. So if you introduce the simpler, maybe more easily accessible, even silly poems, that can be a great way to teach children to listen poetically. It just makes more complicated poems mm -hmm. easier to understand that way. And I would say like, Grace... Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't spend a whole lot of time like, and now let's analyze the elements of this poem, do I? No, you don't. But over the years, we've done things like um, Charge of the Light Brigade, and you can really feel the horse, right? You can feel like da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? You hear the way the poet uses the meter. Yeah, she's starting to recite it now. You can <laughs> the poet <laughs> is using that meter to really drive the meaning of the poem. It's super simple to just be like, wow, kids, let's all stand up and gallop around the room while we, while we read this poem. And you're, oh, you're teaching them. Idea. Yeah. So you're teaching them to feel and listen to the meter. You may not be telling them this is meter and this is what it is in the foot, you know, but when you're talking about like your kindergartner or your second grader, but again, they're starting to listen later on when they're older and you introduce the specific 
terms to them, they're going to be like, oh yeah, I get that. Same with things like repeated uh, consonant sounds or repeated vowel sounds. Kids pick up on that. You don't have to tell them the proper name necessarily, although you can. Um, but yeah, I would just say don't let a lack of knowledge of all the specific poetry terms keep mm-hmm. you from just enjoying the poems. They're, they stand alone. They're just beautiful. That's that's really good advice. Um, I'm actually hoping that teachers will, classroom teachers will play Grace's uh, podcast in their classrooms because I think it's a great, it's, a, it's so good. It's only like two and a half minutes long. It's a great, um, I think a great little podcast to play the very beginning of the school day or in the middle of the day when the, when they just need to do a transition from one subject to another, they could play your poem. I think that's a great idea. And I think that coming from the voice of a child will be very, um, uh, what's the word, engaging to other students, to children. And I'm excited for you for this podcast. And I, I'm excited that you're going to play or that you're, you're going to read a poem to my granddaughter, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you want to tell about that? What, 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 we, what we decided to do? So um, you gave me a poem. And so I just told everybody, this is a shout out poem for birthday and then I read the poem so it was a special birthday thing for her and yeah yeah I'm excited about this because I think that uh your listeners are gonna love being able to say hey could you read this special poem for my granddaughter or my sister for her birthday this month and give them a shout out for their birthday and you can ask for a little donation for that and you can put that in your savings account for college or for anything that you want to do later maybe more <laughs> money to invest in making your podcast even bigger and better cuz it's expensive to be a podcaster <laughs> so i'm excited that you uh took that idea and that you're going to do some birthday shout outs with your poet, with your poetry podcast. I think that's going to be really special. And I'm excited for, I will be at my granddaughter's house on the day you launch that episode. So I'm going to see her reaction to hearing the poem that I picked for her. And I'm excited that the poem I found for her has my name in it. Grandmama says that's what they call me is grandmama. So I found that on accident. I just looked through a poetry book and found it. And I was like, oh, this is the perfect poem for her. So I think uh, people are going to enjoy you being very interactive. And you already have that aspect in your podcast. Um, at the end of your podcast, you invite your listeners to do some poetry recommendations and requests. And I think that's really great as a podcaster that you're interacting and wanting to interact with your audience. Surely you've learned this from your mother. <laughs> Yeah. We're a family of podcasters now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Okay. So I'm thinking about, it's hard for me to ask you this question because I know it's going to be a hard question to answer because people ask me all the time, who's your favorite author? What's your favorite book? But I'm going to go there. So favorite poetry, favorite poem. Do you have any? I'm sure you have many, but so it's hard to say, can you just tell me one? (laughs) Okay. I have a lot of favorite poetry, but I do have a favorite poem, and it's My Shadow by Robert Louis Stevenson. It's been my favorite for as long as I can remember. And I recited it at a playground one time because I was really hot and tired. And so I just recited the poem to mom. That's sweet. And that's the poem you open your pot. It's your first 
Isn't that the first episode in your podcast? Yeah, that was the first episode. Yeah. Now, do you do have you any f- other favorites? Um, I have a lot, but I also really like Be Glad Your Nose is on Your Face. That one's also on the podcast. And Mandius is a good one. Yeah. That's and, um, I like Mr. Nobody. That one's funny. See, what I do you think? Some- what do you think of Edward Lear? His limericks. Um, it's like the owl and the pussycat and I, yeah, I like him. Yeah. So he's got some really fun ones that I think you could include uh, on your show. They're hilarious. His, his, he's got such a whimsical, fun personality. Um, so do you feel comfortable reciting a poem for us, for our listeners? I'd love to let them hear you doing a recitation of a poetry. Okay. I think it will inspire moms and other kids and teachers. Okay. I think I'll do my shadow just because that's my favorite one. I know it so well. Okay. So, okay. I have a little shadow that goes in and out with me. And what can be the use of him is more than I can see. He is very, very like me from the heels up to the head. And I see him jump before me when I jump into my bed. The funniest thing about him is the way he likes to grow, not at all like proper children, which is often very slow, for he sometimes shoots up taller like an India rubber ball, and he sometimes gets so little that there's none of him at all. He hasn't got a notion of how children ought to play and can only make a fool of me in every sort of way. He stays so close beside me, he's a coward you can see. I'd think shame to stick to Nurseus that shadow sticks to me. One morning, very early, before the sun was up, I rose and found the shining dew on every buttercup. But my lazy little shadow, like an errant sleepyhead, had stayed at home behind me and was fast asleep in bed. Very good. That's so beautiful. You know, I could picture you, Grace, someday when you're grown up and you're a mom, you're going to recite that with one of your little children while you're showing them their shadow. I know that you're going to do that because it's your favorite poem. You're going to help your little toddler go, oh, look, it's your shadow. And automatically you're going to start saying that poem and they're going to learn it really quickly. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, gift that you're going to give to your children someday that you love poetry. One other question I have is your po- um, your podcast, you always read the poems twice. Tell me about that. Um. Well, I read them twice because that way – people can like really hear it and understand it better than if you just like read it once because they can like hear it more and better. Is that the practice that you guys have done in your uh, poetry reading at home and in your homeschool? Um, well, usually we recite the poems once, but we do it every day. Mm-hmm. So that helps us memorize it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Have you noticed that the more you are learning the poem, you start to see things differently or things stand out to you differently after a third or fourth reading? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, yeah. Definitely yeah. sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? You'll have this aha moment. I've even had that with poems. I've been teaching teachers for years. And then after like the 10th time of teaching it, I'll go, oh, I never even noticed that before. Yeah. 
And that's the joy of art, I think, that we see things. And the Bible's the same way. We hear and see things differently as we get older and look at it differently. So I'm really excited about your podcast. And I hope all of our listeners will subscribe and our teachers will play this for their students. Our moms will play it for their children. And I just want to wish you the best of luck and congratulations on the launch of your podcast. Thanks. And I hope everybody will go to their um, podcast providers and subscribe today. Thank you so much, Grace, for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. You can get involved in a few ways. There's a Facebook page where we actively discuss the ideas around classical education. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash classical education. And if you want to help offset our production costs, you can support the podcast financially by going to www.classicaleducationpodcast.com forward slash support. As the great artist and educator John Ruskin once said, well, my friends, the final result of the education I want you to give your children will be in a few words this. They will know what it is to see the sky. They will know what it is to breathe it. And they will know best of all what it is to behave under it as in the presence of a father who is in heaven. 